Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. So we all have relationships in our lives, some of them personal, some professional. We're social creatures, so we thrive on being connected to other people. Sometimes we connect with people that maybe shouldn't be in our lives or just don't serve us. And I remember when somebody told me that there were people in my life that didn't serve me. It almost seemed dirty. Like, what, what do you mean? Don't serve me. I felt like, you know, I'm like a king on a hill and, you know, these little people don't serve. But no, sometimes they shouldn't be in your life. And we're going to talk about relationships, how to figure out what should be there and what shouldn't be there. He's an author, speaker, and an amazing coach helps you break formation. Ray Jones is back with us. Hey, Ray, how's it going? What is going on, Steve? How are you doing, man? I'm good. I just had a, a, a flash. I had a producer back in the day, and he was Ray J. We would get, last name started with J. We call him Ray J. So I just realized that you are Ray J in a way. Yeah, yeah. I've I've had I've had that reference uh, a couple times, and I was like, okay. Um, I'd rather not because of the relationship with that association of Ray J and maybe a video that surfaced a decade or so ago. <laughs> <laughs> right. As you were starting to say it, I was starting to think it. So I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha you on that. Well, you're, you're somebody that helps people get clarity on their lives. And this whole relationship thing, uh, it's big. It's big. And a lot of times we pick people in our lives. And I'm not even just talking about intimate relationships, just people in general, where you realize that after a while, it's not working. And I, I think that that phrase for a, a reason or a season definitely fits. Once you, once you take a step back and analyze what that person brings to your life, uh, what you bring to their life, this one over here, that one over there, if you take the time, you really see it clear, right? Yeah, absolutely. And um, as you were doing the intro, it remind, we actually, I think we actually ended last week. And, and for those that are listening, Obviously, Steve has a lot of conversations. I have a lot of conversation with coaching clients. And sometimes these things just blur together because our relationship with personal development growth, that is just part of who we are. And I think we ended it last week talking about relationships that sometimes need to end because they no longer serve us in the season of life that we are currently in and where we're trying to go. Yeah. And yeah. And I just love that that you you said that word that kind of, okay, it brought that back of what we were actually into the conversation with last week, because they do end up flowing right into the next day and into the next day. And it's good. But um, man, one of the most important relationships in anybody's life though, Steve is uh, the relationship with themselves. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, it took me a while to just, it just in my own life, just to realize that and I'm not saying like, you know, people who don't like themselves or aren't happy with whatever it is they're doing or what they're experiencing in life. But um, we often attract who we are. And it's uh, Jim Rohn says, you know, um, we are the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. And if you become the average of the people you spend the most time with and you no longer like your situation, you need to change the relationship of who you are and who you want to be and accept the fact that who you currently are in life based off where you want to go needs to change. How do we realize that? For example, Let's say there's people in your life that you're kind of on the fence with. You know, I don't know if they're the best fit, but I'm going with it. But you allowed them in your life. How do you analyze you and and connect it to them? There's there's always going to be like a, a a level of I don't want to say it, not uncomfort because un, being uncomfortable is good. But when you look at the relationship and trying to analyze and assess who is in it and what they're doing, if 
first off, you got to understand that you need to have a vision for where you want your life to go and what type of experience we get to do this one time. Uh, I don't know what you believe in, what everybody else believes in, but I, I believe we get to do this one time. So it's an experience we only get to do once. And if I'm not happy with the current experience I'm having in life, I need to take a look at one, what am I doing? Who am I hanging out with? And then what does my environment look like? And if who I'm hanging out with doesn't feed the experience I want to have in life, it doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It doesn't mean that, you know, they're having an actual negative impact. But some people like what we just talked about our houses and, and you're moving in the opposite direction. I'm, I'm trying to get to society because <laughs> I'm out here on some land because my daughter needs to be social and you're trying to get a little bit away from it because you and your daughter need a little bit more peace and away from people. So our experience doesn't have to be the same thing. But if we have people around us that if you and I are in a relationship in a social manner and you want to be away from people and I'm trying to get near people, that doesn't serve us. It doesn't serve the experience we want to have in life. So when you look at people around you and you're like, I spend a lot of time with this person, but every time I'm around them, they want to do stuff. And it's not to me, but they want to have a different experience than I do. You probably shouldn't be there. We talked about last week, we talked about romantic relationships and ones that have not been so successful in our experience in this life. But if you are a married person and you hang out with a bunch of single people, those single people want to do something that doesn't necessarily serve the vision that you have for your marriage. 100%. And vice versa. If you're a single person hanging out with a bunch of married people, it's probably going to be hard for you to find someone else who is single out there doing single people stuff. And I'm going to take a second here. I'm single. So I think about this. I don't hang out with anybody who's married. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to process that for a second. Maybe there's, I don't know. I, 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 everybody has, you know, relationships have ended. Um, you know, there's some, some, some friends that have been with forever and they're married. I don't hang out with them as much. And for the same reason you said, because their priorities are different. Um, you know, we'll get together from time to time. And even the people I hang out with are mostly single. There are a few that are in a relationship. They're not married. Um, but that's, that even goes back to analyzing what's in your life. It's almost like taking inventory. Who do we got here? And, and oh, exactly. I don't even share, I, I don't know if I shared uh, one person in my circle. And a lot of my friends are the majority in the last two years I met them. And we're, we're tight, we're close. And people even tell me, uh, looking from the outside in, like, did, did your age? People don't do that. People don't have all these new people. It just happened. And it and it's wonderful, and we rely on each other, we help each other. But there are there were one or two in our circle that just didn't fit. Like they just yeah. they had challenges. We tried to help them, but it was more of it turned into more of a toxic situation. And I don't I I I say this very carefully. Those one or two people had to go. It just. Yeah. It just did not work. It turned into a, and they always try to come back from time to time, but we know in our, 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 our group that it's just not, it doesn't, it doesn't work. They're, they're, they don't fit. Yeah. And it's hard to even say it, that, but it's, it's the, it, it the reality. Is. And, and that's, that's the uncomfortable piece. And that's why I say like the relationship with yourself. If I'm not satisfied with where I'm at in life and I know I want to go somewhere else, I got to start doing things differently, but it's the uncomfortable piece of saying, okay, you know, we've been friends, Steve, we've been friends for 10 years, man. But if you want to keep going out every weekend and I'm trying to find ways to improve myself, I have to change those habits. But if you don't want to change those habits, then what are we, what are we doing here? Some people are like, oh, you're selfish. And you hear the, the cliche, the standard is, oh, you've changed. Yeah, I, we, 
I should be changing. That's, <laughs> Absolutely. That's what happens. Like I can't be, we can't, I can't be 21 year old Ray going into my 40th year of life. Like that just doesn't, that just doesn't work. So when you're, when you have those people around you and you're like, I have a relationship with a platonic romantic business, whatever it is, if you're trying to grow into a different area, naturally you're going to outgrow those relationships unless they grow with you. Which is even the baseline for a romantic relationship. If you're not growing individually, but together, there's a misalignment within yeah. that. And you know, it's funny, you talk about um, you know, looking at the, the growth. I've often heard that we're on, we're on a five-year evaluation. Most of us, every five years, we reevaluate, and then it takes, if you're going to end the situation, relationship, two years to make the decision, that's why they call it the seven-year itch. So the yeah. five-year thing, I just read research and, and surveys that a lot of people are now in a 12-year. They look at, they're looking ahead 12 years instead of looking at five-year increments, which is interesting. I, I guess, you know, give, give them a plus there. I mean... <laughs> I, like, I, I think 12 years from now, I kind of got an idea, but that's so far away in a lot of regards. Yeah. Then again, maybe it's not. Um, how, how, do you, how do you make the determination, those people that don't, don't fit based on yourself? Like, how do, you, how do you tell where you're at in your relationship with yourself and then decide those people don't fit? It's, uh, I mean, it's, it, a lot of times people are okay, like my why. You know, you know, we talk about that, that generality of my why, like, why am I doing anything? And my why is to be present and be as, as full, fully involved and engaged with my daughter as I can. Cause I was in the army for 20 years, wasn't able to be home with my oldest daughter. So I want to be able to do that with my youngest, which means if I want to do that, I have to become a better person. And I have to make sure that I see opportunities of growth, opportunities to create incomes to where I'm not going to work in a nine to five. Gotcha. So that I can do all those things that stemmed from a dissatisfaction of the current experience I was having in life. I was dissatisfied with it. And as much as, yeah, I can probably point out to everybody else and everything else. The only person that has the perception on my life and its experience is me. So if I want to change that perception, I have to start doing things differently. So my dissatisfaction forced me to try to create a different experience in life. If I depend on everybody else, I'm always going to be sitting there and waiting for somebody to give me a handout for somebody to tell me, good job. You know what, Ray, I really feel like you're doing an amazing job. I'm going to give you a $50,000 a year bonus. That seems excessive. And it seems excessive to make that statement because no one's going to give me that. But can I figure a way out to make an extra $50,000 a year? Yeah. If I grow as an individual means everything that I was doing and today kicks off football season. I am a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan. They play tonight, looking forward to the game. But five years ago, Steve, I would, man, I would watch Thursday night football, Sunday football. We don't say Sunday. Sunday football from first kickoff to Sunday night game, Monday night, all of that. I had to realize that watching and as invested as I was in these games, like my attention, it wasn't serving the thing that I said I wanted to do. Mm. Because I was wasting time. So as much as I enjoyed that, and I like watching it, I like seeing the comp. I'm watching a bunch of people make a million <laughs> dollars a game, a couple million dollars a game. Yeah. And I'm just paying for Sunday tickets. Like, you know, it, 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 I, it's I got like, it. That, now I want to ask you, you know, deeper, deeper question. Do you think 
that you were watching the games Thursday, Sunday, Monday, whatever it might be, because you were escaping what the reality was that you knew you needed to make some changes, but eh, I'm not ready right now. Man, game's on. All right. Okay. At the time, no, I don't think I was. I honestly think that I just didn't have, I think I was just existing. I was being entertained. And you look at how many things, and this is where we start, I talk, okay, we talk about relationships with other people. We talk about, what is your relationship with entertainment? Mm. We've got these wonderful devices, these phones, and you got social media, and those things can either be a tool or distraction. Oh, yeah. TikTok TikTok videos for hours, I don't do it, uh, but many people do. Yeah. But I mean, even when I first got on social media, it was like, okay, I'd post random memes and, you know, random comments or just a picture or any of that. And now when I post, you just see the the shift. Okay. It was a distraction. I'd sit, like you said, I'd scroll and maybe comment, like whatever. Now I post videos about my coaching. I post videos about real estate. I post about a webinar that I have coming up. That has now become a tool that I use because everybody in, you typically look at, now we'll go to the business side and why you need to grow as an individual is because you are on one side of the table, whether you believe it or not. Capitalism, you are either a consumer or a producer. If you are consuming, you're consuming information, you're consuming entertainment, but at the consumption of your time and your money and your energy. If I am producing, it's providing for me. It's producing more time, more energy, and more money for me to do the things to increase my experience in life. But if we don't change our perception on that and like, oh, it's nothing wrong. I'm going to watch my favorite series on Netflix. I'm going to binge seven episodes when they're an hour each. That sounds like a full-time job, doesn't it? (laughs) Totally. (laughs) But how many of us actually do it? I'm not saying there's anything wrong. I'm just saying your relationship with entertainment can be parasitic in nature to your life. The relationship with people that just want to go out and be entertained. I mean, I, we go out to the bars and we're having a few drinks and you have loud music. How much are we actually just like engaged? It's not, is that the relationship with us or I just need someone with me? I can't really hear you. Eventually we become a little bit incoherent. So what we may have said, 90% of we forget anyway. So is it really a relationship with the individual or is it just a relationship that I need to go out and be entertained and have a little bit of fun? Occasionally is great. Occasionally is great, but I also think there's another aspect to that as well, uh, good or bad. We just want to be around people because we're social creatures. So yes. I, I'll tell you, I love live music. I'll go to see anything. I don't care yeah. what it is. It doesn't matter to me. It really doesn't. And then there are people, you know, I'll say, hey, I, I, I live next to a venue. Like literally, well, that's how I got the cut on my arm because I was going over a fence. Um <laughs> But I'll say to people, hey, you know, I got free tickets for this show. You want to go? And they'll, you know, some will say, oh, I don't like that music. I'm like, I don't really care. I just want to be there because there's an energy that comes yeah. from live music and a vibe and everything that's connected to it. So I think to your point, when people go out somewhere, bar, whatever it might be, um, there's a little bit of that. But also, yeah, you just want to be around or with somebody that you went with. Are you really interacting with them? Usually not. When If it's loud. You're just staring at people and having another drink. <laughs> it's so true. But, but, but you said something right there and that you are aware of that. You are aware that you enjoy the environment. You enjoy the energy. You're aware of that. But if you were going to, and if you're, if you're in a place and space in, in life that you're, you're good, that's fine. You can do that as frequently as you want. But if you want to go somewhere else, if you're not, this is where you said, you, are you satisfied with the experience? Yeah, I am. And I'm not saying that I don't go out 
to bars and that I don't go out to comedy clubs. And I, sure. But typically I go to conferences in Mexico. I'm speaking at a real estate conference in Dominican Republic this year in October. I'll be there for seven days. You think I'm not going to be at the pool having some drinks? <laughs> That's it's part of the gig. Yeah, but it, it, it is, but I'm going to be there, but I'm going to be socializing with people that even though we're having drinks, we're talking about opportunities. We're not talking about the good old days. Right. Right. And, and you know, you and know, you can, you can talk about things you relate to at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think that the word you brought up is awareness because I'm aware of the live situation and why there's a nice vibe going on with it. Um, but also being aware of the people in your life. And yeah. I, I was involved with somebody, this is going back like a year and change year and a half ago. Um, you know, it, it wasn't a great relationship, but it was somebody to hang with. Um, you know, I was in between a move, so I stayed at her place here and there. But in, in your in your life for a season or a reason, um, turns out that I had radiation for skin cancer. And when I look back on all of it, she was there for a reason. And what the reason was, she's a nurse. I never even put the two and two together. Here I am getting treated. It had to be happening and blah, blah, blah. I'm in between houses, a lot going on. And then she would come, I'd be at her place. She'd walk in and she's like, oh my God, look at you. I got to take care of you. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is why she's in my life. Um, and I was there for her in, in other ways as well. And it, you know, it ran its course six months and that was it. But there was a reason for it. And I think if you're aware of that, you know, you're, you're, you're in a better place. Cause now I get it. And I was like, okay, you know, and I know that, you know, it's not, a, it's not a, it's not a good relationship, but it, it was at the moment for what it was. Yeah. It, it served its purpose. It did for both of yeah, us. Even, even if you didn't realize that that was its purpose for you in the first place. I did not. And yeah. I, yeah, I, I didn't know that I was getting radiation when I first met her, but, but you know, I, that's more validation for me. And it's whatever you believe that things do happen for a reason. I believe that she was put in my life for that reason at that time. Other people. Yeah. yeah. Um, do we know exactly why these people are here there? No. Sometimes it gets revealed later. You figure it out. That's just my feeling, my, my vibe on it, my understanding of it. Man, most, most of the time you can never find the purpose behind an event until after it's happened. You sure. can trace those purposes and the reasons from things that have already occurred. You can't predict them. For sure. So it's that perception that changes. And I, like I said, and I don't want people to think that they cannot go enjoy themselves. I am still, I can guarantee you, Steve, tonight I will be sitting down in front of my TV when kickoff happens. Good for you. Because <laughs> my boys are playing. But I will not spend all day Sunday from kickoff to the end of Sunday night football, sitting down watching there, there's that awareness. It, like it had to happen. I'm saying this was, this is probably years that I would watch. And then when I was aware that I wanted more, I started taking category of how I spent my time. And you're talking four, four and a half months of this, of watching and looking forward to games. And then people are like, do you watch college? I'm like, no, I don't watch college. I was aware of this. I don't watch college because I watch a lot of regular football. And if I watched college, we're also taking up Saturday mm. and some Fridays. Like I'm like, I was aware of that, but I wasn't aware of how, many, how much time I was already committing to pro football. So once I became aware that, yo, I want something different and I started looking at how I spent my time, my relationship with time, my relationship with energy, my relationship with money, my relationship with people, like it doesn't always have to be relationships with people. What's your relationship with how you respect your time? I was like, okay, I can probably be putting my time elsewhere. 
And as much as I still enjoy football and as much as I love watching it, I'm like, spending all day watching is probably not the best way to spend my time. I love that you call them relationships. It's it's because we do, if you look at it that way, we have a relationship with food. Why, why do you eat certain things? Because it's, why do you hang with certain people? They make you feel a certain way. Why am I eating mac and cheese? It's a comfort food. I feel like a kid brings me back, have a relationship with this thing over here. You know, sometimes this, this over, you know, the relationship is too strong. Got to put it down. All of that, even with money and people who have challenges finding abundance, maybe they have a not a healthy relationship with money. Maybe it's because of the way they were brought up. Maybe, you know, they were brought up not to think that they can't make money. Yeah. And that's where, and I, I love like, this is why like a relationship is so important. So when I say like a relationship with time, so like one of the things, what, what did I say my, my why was so that I can be present and there with my daughter. Am I yeah. really present if I'm spending all day Sunday where I, I don't want to say a hundred percent, I don't know. There might be some schools out there but there is no school on Sunday. So if I'm spending all day Sunday in front of my TV because I enjoy, and I deserve to take a break, I deserve to sit down and watch football because I work hard all week. But am I really being there with my daughter? No. And she's over here trying to, dad, can we play? Can we do this? Can we go swimming? And I'm just like, oh, after the game. And now it's four hours later. Now she's preoccupied doing something else. Am I really doing what I said I wanted to do? Or even when you look at, like you said, your relationship with money, my relationship with money came from a relationship that I had with my parents and their relationship with money. Yep. So now you have relationships that you, that you, that were brought on to you from how other people had relationship with whatever. Like it's so important just to be aware of, okay, why, why do I experience these relate, whatever it is with friends, family, romantic partners, money, time, whatever it is that you have, why are you experiencing your relationship in the way you are. And if your adjustment, because it's not complete change, it's slow adjustments over time that get you to a space of figuring, okay, this is where I'm happy. And this isn't something that my parents think is a, you know, and then they may think the way that you have relationships is not healthy, but what is your relationship with yourself and how you have relationships with others? What is your experience that you want to have? The moment you realize that and you start making those small adjustments, you're just going to be that much more happier. You're going to have that much more joy and you're just going to experience life in a different way. But you have to be aware of why your relationship is the way it is in whatever area it is. Do you feel, and we're just about out of time, but do you feel when you're analyzing that stuff in your life that you should write it down? Because when I'm sitting there driving or I'm thinking or doing whatever, my head just bounces around like, well, there's this, there's that, there's this. But to get full clarity, I find that I have to write it down. It's just for me. You know, nobody else has to see it. But just the thoughts, you know, why do I spend, you know, hours watching football? Hmm. You write it down. Then then some epiphany, maybe you start. It starts coming a little more clearer. Do you think that that that's a good idea? So you have, you have decades of studies about journaling. And even if you don't want to call it journaling, that's fine. I don't, like, I don't even like calling it journaling. Yeah, it sounds like work. <laughs> it does, it does. But spiritually, it's uh, Habakkuk 2 and 2. It's write the vision, make it plain, for he who sees it can run to it. Okay, and if you don't want to go spiritually, it's like you'll literally just write it down so that you can see what it is. And if you want to make the adjustment, it's clear as to why. But 
our thoughts, man, they're always there. You say a thought is fleeting. It's gone. Like I think about it, it's gone. All the things are going on. We have all this uh, simulate stimuli going on, stimulation going on. I'm thinking about this. And how many times have we thought about something? Have you done that where you like you left, you left one room of the house and you went to another and then you completely forgot why you were there? 15,000%. And I, I, I like to believe that I don't, I'm not like OCD and, you know, I'm, I'm pretty focused, but your brain is bouncing so many, yeah, you know, yeah. 40,000 thoughts in a day. And, and then, yep. but, but, you know, to what you just said, seeing is believing. So when yep. you write it down, now you can believe it or see it to believe it if you choose to and all of that. Um, I think you're, you're somebody that can help us figure that out. And, and, yeah. and I love there's one word you just said before relationship, but also deserve you deserve certain things. And sometimes we feel that maybe we don't deserve things, but we do. Yeah. But we do. And I'll just wrap this because I know we're, we're getting short. When you write it down, you don't have to write it down and sit there and stare at it in that moment. But when you write it down and it pops up and you go back and you reflect on it, you're able to capture the moment of how you felt and why you even wrote it. Hmm. I can't remember why I thought something 10 minutes ago. But if I would have written it down and written down, okay, like you said, like how I'm feeling in this moment, I don't need to look at it then because I'm I'm in the moment. I didn't even look at it. But if I come back two days later and I look at it and I'm just like, man, like you capture, you capture you and your thoughts. And this is you talking to you from yesterday. And it's like, that's why it's so important. Like people are like, I don't want to have a journal or a diary, but if you capture how you felt and you capture it over time, if I capture it and I write five days this week, and maybe I just take some time off in the weekend and I write five days next week and the week after, and I go back and I look at it, there's going to be moments of patterns where you seem like I was just Mm. dissatisfied with this. I was dissatisfied with this. And then you start looking at, okay, what was going on in that during that day? What do I typically do on Wednesdays? What was happening? And then you can start associating why you're feeling that way in that moment. And then that's when you can make the adjustment. So it's not like I write it down today and I, I never think about it again. I write it down. I continue writing it down. And when I start looking back, I'm going to see patterns in certain days when I'm feeling certain ways. When I was around somebody, I started feeling a certain way. Yeah. <laughs> and you take a look at that. And then you're like, man, I wasn't even aware of this. And then like, now you see it and you're like, okay, now I make those small adjustments. Hey, let's just see. If I don't do this on a Wednesday and I start writing down, does that feeling get removed? And when it does, you just, if, if you don't do it, if you don't make the adjustment, just arguing with yourself, there's nobody else to blame. It's you. So I love that you brought that up. I love that you brought just writing it down because as much as it is, one, you get it out of your head so that it's not bouncing around. Because like you said, bouncing around, it's on the left side of my brain 10 minutes from now and, and I forget about it. And then tomorrow it's right back over here and I'm thinking about it again. And it's like, why does that keep there? Because I never wrote it down. I never got it out of my head. I never mm. actually put it out into the world and just let it go. But I also don't have the opportunity to reflect on what was going on with just me mentally. And then this problem just keeps reoccurring. But when I do that, I write it down, I revisit it, I reflect, I notice a pattern, and then I make the adjustments. And here's the most important thought. You had the thought for a reason. There's a reason it came up. Inside here, it knows the answer. Your subconscious is telling you, hey, wait a minute, yo, I got something to say to you, dude, and you're not listening. So, bing, 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 it bounces around, and then the thought goes away. And imagine if you want to look at growth, you know, pick pick a year, two, three, five, whatever, and then look back at what you wrote down. It could be, it blow your mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's yeah. what I was doing. That's where I was at. That one word, that one word, subconscious. Yeah. Wrap it up there.
subconscious. Conscious, that's your awareness. Your subconscious, that's beneath your awareness. So if things keep popping up and you don't know why, it's in your subconscious. That means it's beneath your awareness. You have to bring it to a level of awareness. So when you think subconsciously, that's where memories are planted. When you go to sleep, that's when memories are stored. Things that happen during the day, things are stored in your subconscious. It means you're not aware of those. So if they pop up and you're like, what, where did that come from? It came from a level that you are not aware of. And pretty, so you have to address it. You have, you to, have address to address it. it. And, and pretty scary when you think about, uh, it's been said that we're only 5% conscious. Yeah. 95% is the subconscious. So we'll leave it at that. Uh, I'm going to write it down, your web address to find you. How do we do that? What is it? So you can email me at ray at breakingformation.com. I am on Instagram at rays, R-A-Y-S underscore breaking underscore formation. And you can also visit my website, www.breakingformation.com. Always awesome talking with you, Ray, and uh, appreciate all the thoughts today. Let's just, just good stuff. This is, it's so important when it comes to relationships, which is, you know, most of our lives, right? <laughs> That's all of our lives. Yeah. It's all of our lives. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's amazing, Steve, man. I look forward to talking to you again next week. Same. And uh, here's hoping yeah. you guys win tonight. Oh, absolutely. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> well, you know what? I've already, I've already been, I've already been getting the harassment texts and, Tags on social media. Yeah. I've been a Chiefs fan since I was since they were terrible. Um, well, yeah, there it is. <laughs> a pos- positive manifestation. It's going to yeah. win. They're going to win. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll catch up next time. Thanks a lot. I will. All right. All right. We'll be right back. Bye. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world. This is the Podcast Business News Network. This is you over 30 years ago. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And this is your mom when you drive her back from therapy. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Roles change without us noticing. And in your new role, we help you help. AARP gives you the information to help care for your mom so that you can have patience with her, just like she did with you. Visit aarp.org caregiving or call 1-877-333-5885 to get practical health and wellness tips to provide even better care for your loved one. Are we there yet? Remember, visit aarp.org caregiving. AARP, we help you help. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.